We're on the air. Back. Well, party's starting early today, isn't it? To more of Early Break with Sip and Jay. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I think we were all hopeful that Saturday would have gone a little better for Nebraska basketball following good performances against Ohio State and Michigan State. A loss OT to Ohio State. A you know, competitive loss to Michigan State. And then a 28-point loss to Rutgers on the road in Piscataway. They play again. Nebraska plays tonight against Illinois. 13.5-point underdogs versus the 4-0 in Big Ten play. Fighting Illini. We're joined now by Husker Online's Robin Washick. Good morning, Robin. Let's go back to Saturday for a second. Uh, as I pointed out, they, Nebraska had played pretty good against Ohio State yeah. and Michigan State. How shocked were you at the performance that they put out there in Piscataway? Well, can be totally shocked in the sense that we've seen it before. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been two previous instances where they just didn't show up, and uh, you know, we're really kind of out of it from the jump and that was another example of that so for every game and performance they've had where uh you know they look like a team that's dialed in and ready to compete with with anyone uh there's been other instances where they look like they don't even belong on the on the court with their opponent and i asked fred and Derek walker yesterday during their little media availability if there's been any commonality that he's seen leading up to those kind of stark um uh examples of of effort and fight and um you know they're, they're they can't really put their finger on it yet so it's kind of one of those deals where they can't explain it just like uh really we why we can't as to why nebraska can look you know so so competitive against you know back-to-back top 13 teams and then go to rutgers and you know look uh completely lost in, in a lot of sense and, and really not even be competitive from the jump I don't think a lot of people, Robin Washington of HuskerOnline.com, had real high expectations for this team. Not not inordinately high, but I don't think many people anticipated it, it being like this at this point. Where, what's the disconnect? Why, why did we maybe not, not see this coming? What weren't we seeing that we're seeing now, in your opinion? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of it is, once again, there's a big part of the roster um, that nobody had ever seen play together. And so you're putting a lot of opinion and, and stock into uh, just projection of how they're going to play at this level, how they're going to play together as a team without really any tangible evidence to base it on. You know, at least this year there was some sort of known commodity with uh, the, the nucleus they were bringing back. Um, and so it was a little different than previous years, but, you know, you're still bringing in seven or eight newcomers and trying to make it fit around those returning players. So uh, that, I think, was part of it where, you know, you at least had a some idea around what they had, and then you were projecting the, you know, consensus top 20 recruiting class. They supplemented that with that, you know, this, this should be better. And it's year three under Fred Hoiberg, who uh, – you know, people still had a lot of faith in and uh, thought that this was this was going to be the year where you saw a pretty significant jump just by kind of the natural progression of of the, the building process of this program. And so it all kind of lined up to where, you know, this 
people, the expectations, like you said, they weren't like people were saying this is going to be a Sweet 16 team. But, no. you know, I, I thought they could be a potential bubble team. And they, they would be competitive enough to be around the, the top 10 mark of the conference. And, you know, maybe that would be good enough to, to get them into postseason. But, you know, clearly they're not even close to that right now. Um, they are far and away the worst team in the Big Ten conference. And uh, it's, you know, for for every example you've seen where they're making progress as a team and uh, things are looking close to the way that they're supposed to look, you get just as many, if not more, examples of this thing being no better than it was in year in year one, and that's that's a real problem. And um, it doesn't seem like anybody really has any clear answers as to why this those types of games, the Rutgers, the Michigans, the Auburns, those types of games are still happening. Where you know, again, it. It looks like year three of a program is uh, had had made zero progress from when they started. This Fred is trying to Fred Hoiberg is trying to come up with answers, and he's done a he can't, he pulled the good lever in running the offense through Derek Walker more often. Derek Walker, uh, six foot nine, big, uh, has I mean ten points a game, six six point three rebounds. Did you see this coming from Derek Walker? His, his level of improvement is, I would call it, through the roof. Yeah, he's, he's far and away the the highlight of this season for Nebraska. I mean, you'd make the case that he is their best player. Yeah. Uh, and I guess better late than never, they're finally uh, you know gearing their offense uh, around that. Um, and no, I never saw him taking on this kind of role because he's never done it at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he didn't do much of anything at Tennessee and uh, you know, last year, I mean, obviously he had to wait to even get on the floor through halfway through the season, um, and, you know, he showed flashes, but, you know, he was kind of a, the six- to eight-point-per-game guy that was, you know, more just going to make everything around him click a little bit better. Now he's the focal point uh, to where he's not just helping facilitate the offense. He's becoming the one of the primary options uh, with his ability to get the ball in the high post and, and beat opponents off the dribble, so... Uh, he has been an extremely pleasant surprise, and um, you know he's one of their best leaders. Has been since the day he set foot on campus as a sit-out transfer two years ago. And um, you know, you want to look at bright spots. He's he's the first guy you point to is um, not just the production, but the consistency and, and and what he means to this team to you know keep this thing from uh, or uh, keep this thing sticking together as much as possible. So by Robin Washington, Robin, if you are Trev Alberts right now. This program is five and thirty nine in Big Ten play under Fred Hoiberg. He has a eighteen and a half million dollar buyout at the end of the season. Things aren't exactly going the right direction right now. I mean, what what do you think is going through his head in terms of the future of this program as the rest of the season goes on? Well, I mean, I'm sure he's as disappointed as as anyone um, watching the product, and you know, he's been there. He, he goes to games and he sees what everybody else is seeing. Um, and there's quite a bit of investment into a program that has vastly underperformed. So I'm sure it has its attention. Uh, I guess you know one thing that there's just a lot going on with with football right now. So maybe that's kind of uh, you know putting I don't want to say putting basketball on the back burner, but not making it like the the most pressing issue on his on his plate right now. But you know eventually it's you know you you got to start asking some questions if you're Trev about you know where's this thing going and is what this coaching staff doing is it going to be good enough and are they is their plan going to be capable of making this program competitive at the Big 10 level and if not 
what needs to happen to get it there. Because um, obviously, it's a very expensive check you got to write to uh, make a change at this point, especially for an athletic department that uh, clearly is basing decisions around finances coming off the the COVID year. So, uh, you know, I think that they're in, they're in a tough spot right now um, where you kind of got to approach it a little differently than maybe you would during a normal a normal year. And so I, I think Fred's still probably got a little bit of grace time here um, just because of the, the circumstances. But uh, at some point, you know, that, that buyout is only going to you know become a factor so much that if people stop coming to games and, you know, this thing falls off the rails you know, for a third straight season, uh, you know, there's, there's going to have to be something done to try to try to get this this progress back on track because right now it uh, doesn't seem like they've made much of any uh the evaluation continues tonight i guess um uh, illinois in town 7 30 p.m btn at pinnacle bank arena 7 30 illinois comes in 4-0 uh in the big 10 playing really well 4-0 in the big 10 11-3 overall and this is about coburn right this is a this is game is mainly about Coburn, and maybe it's about keeping Illinois off the offensive boards. Is that the way you size it up? Yeah, and that's the case in most games, but especially when you have arguably the best big in all of college basketball. Mm. Um, Kobe Coburn is hes a man amongst boys in a lot of different ways. You know, seven foot, 285 pounds, freak athlete that scoring 22 points per game. Uh, that's, that's a lot for anybody to handle, but mm-hmm. especially in Nebraska front court that is already limited. So, you know, it's one of those instances where that that has to be the priority. They have to do everything physically possible to keep Kobe, Kofi from just completely taking the game over in the paint. And they generally have a, a decent strategy for doing that. Um, you know, you go back to the Michigan, Michigan game, they did a great job against Hunter Dickinson for the most part. Uh, unfortunately, that strategy generally leaves opportunities for other players to have to beat Nebraska, and more often than not, uh, guys go off for career games. And so that's, um, you know, the same thing against Ohio State. They focus so much attention on EJ Liddell, and uh, the one kid went off for 35 points after, you know, barely being much of an offensive impact at all. So that's going to be the case again where Nebraska has to put all of its uh, chips and stop in Kofi. But the bad news is that Illinois is shooting, you know, right under 40% as a team from three point range. And we'll have four legitimate three point shooters around Kofi at all times. And so you yep. overcommit to the paint and double and, and triple team him. There will be open shooters on the perimeter. And Kofi's a good passer out of the post that uh, is going to set up some open shots. And, you know, we've seen this recipe a lot where you give opponents at PBA open shots. Mm. They're. Odds are they're going to make quite a few of them, and so it's going to be one of those deals where can Nebraska catch Illinois on a cold shooting night? Um, you know, I always reference the Iowa game from a few years ago, years ago against Luca Garza, where it worked. You know, Iowa couldn't shoot, and they contained Luca Garza, and they won the game. That's got to be the same formula again uh, tonight, and you know, next time out against Purdue, against Zach Eady, and yeah. go down the list of uh, Nebraska's difficulty in matching up with elite level bigs of the Big Ten Cup. Last thing, Robin, how will you respond if Joe Judge is the head coach of the Giants next year for the football season? Yeah, well, at least I won't have to worry about uh, pretending to have hope for the season. I'll wow. Off and, Rob. You know, my, my Sundays will open up a little bit. You know, and 
uh, you probably have a lot less stress of you know, yeah. just, just knowing that uh, the season's going to be a total failure and uh, preparing <laughs> myself accordingly. But the good news is that they still haven't even hired a GM yet. And it's very rare that you hire a GM saying this is going to be your coach, especially one that has been as terrible as Joe Judge. Oh, good, well, good take. Go. Still holding out hope. Good All job. Right. Well, good job, Rob. Robin, always good stuff. Thanks for the time. We will chat with you again next week. Sounds good, guys. See you later. Husker Online's All Robin right. Washington. Better get to the game show. Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave Single with a ten-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price and participation may vary in U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess. For elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Good job six, by Rob. Four, five, six, eight, five calls to take, take down sip right now in trivia and shut up simple today's topic on a Tuesday. It does regard last night's game, but not current players on those teams. How about Georgia and Alabama alums in the NFL? Oh, boy. What teams in the NFL do these former Georgia and Alabama players play for? 464-5685. Shut up, Sipple. Starts right now. We've all been there. You're listening to the radio, and then that rage starts to grow inside of you. It starts to consume you. It gets to a point where you just want to yell, Shut up, Sipple! <clears throat> no, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, here's your chance. It's time to shut up, Sipple. Call now to play. 464-5685. Shut up, Sipple. Brought to you by Bagels and Joe. He is 1-0 on the week. Going for a 2-0 start. How do you feel about Georgia and Alabama players in the National Football League? I just feel okay. I mean, understood. I'm going to get the NFL teams in front of me. I can do that, right? Yeah, but don't look at the rosters. That's cheating. No, I'm just going to get the standings in front. JR, how do you feel about Georgia and Alabama players in the NFL? Uh, probably about the same as Sip. Feel okay. okay. Okay, all right. Let's do this, JR. Thank you for calling. JR, first question goes to you. Here we go. What NFL team does former Georgia wide receiver AJ Green play for? The Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, that is correct. Would you have guessed Bengals, Sip? Um He's a longtime Bengal. Yeah, I don't know what I would have guessed. Well, you would I wouldn't have gotten it. Wasn't it. your question. So you're down one zero. Here's your first question. What NFL team sip does former Alabama safety Minka Fitzpatrick play for? Minka, uh, Denver Broncos. I like the quick, confident guess. It is not correct at all. <laughs> JR, do you want Minka Fitzpatrick or not? Uh I think I'm gonna try this one and go with the uh Pittsburgh Steelers. You are correct. Drafted by the Miami Dolphins, traded away a year later to the Steelers for a first-round pick. And, Trouble. Uh, you are now down 2-0. Trouble. Trouble. This is for already a quick 3-0 sweep. Last, last question, JR. What NFL team does former Georgia wide receiver 
Mecole Hardman play for? Mecole Hardman plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Nice. 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 And that nice. was a route today. Hey, don't so, die. JR, you didn't feel good going in, but you sure didn't show that in the performance. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Shut up, Seppo. <laughs> Good job, JR. He posterized get, me. We will get JR his bagels, courtesy of our courier, Eagle Delivery, the official courier of 93.7 The Ticket. And again, thanks to Bagels and Joe for providing us our coffee this morning. And yeah, thank you, for the, the bagels every day yeah, for thank our contest. You. Hey, Bagels and Joe, we drink the coffee every day. Jake has it made every single day, and Sip it's drinks Kool-Aid. I drink Bagels and Joe coffee. I, what are you talking about? I have coffee. And Kool-Aid. <laughs> Kool-Aid mixed with that coffee. No, there's not. <laughs> that was a rough one today for you, Sip. Oh, thank you, you want Jake. The, you want your last question at sure. least? Sure, sure. Uh, what NFL team does former Alabama receiver Julio Jones play for? Well, he switched up, didn't he? Uh, Tennessee. 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 I'll give you a pity ding there. How about that? Uh, okay, tiebreaker then. How yeah. many career receiving touchdowns does Julio Jones have in his 11 NFL seasons? Okay, so career touchdowns for Julio Jones. That's right. 11 seasons. Do some quick math. Uh, he has 112. How about half of that? 61. <laughs> 61. Bad guess. 61 is the answer. Bad guess. 112. <laughs> I thought maybe that's pretty dang good. That's yeah. every year. Then. Well, that'd I was thinking impressive. maybe year, one year he may have. Like rose up with fourteen. Or oh something. yeah, I think he did, but that was one year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. I missed it, but I got 61. him right. I got the team. I right. would admit I would have gone higher than sixty-one, but I would not have gone to one twelve if I was asked the same. My question. my initial thought was seventy-seven. That would have been a better guess. Yeah, I should have stuck <laughs> you with went that. way above that then. So, no, no, this can't be right. One hundred twelve. We'll wrap things up with uh, DP and Jay Foreman up next for the spillover on early break in the ticket. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc.